morning. Thanks, guys. You led so well this morning. Okay, Dan, you're pinching the rest of my banana. That's for after, because I get really hungry after I've spoken. So can you put it down? Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, it's good to be together this morning. I would love to read us. I just want to remind us who God is this morning. Let me read this over you. He made, way his no, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. If you're not sure who God is this morning, please remember this. He is all of those things. He is compassionate. He's compassionate towards you. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. God is not angry at you. God's not angry at you this morning. That's what Jesus dealt with on the cross. So if you're here under the false theology that God is angry at you this morning, he's not. He is slow to anger and he is abounding in love. He's abounding in love towards you. So we are on a free topic this week. We finished our James series. Like Dan says, we're going into two weeks of um, Rise and Build. And so we've got a free topic in between. So this morning I want to speak on growth. And I want to speak well, because I want to speak well on behalf of Maureen, because Maureen, every time I spoke, used to come up and just hug me and encourage me. And um, my first thought was, oh, I can't do this on Sunday. This is all too sad. And then I thought, no, no, God is good. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to try my best this morning. So God is good. God is kind. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. Now, every so often when I prepare a talk, which is one of my favorite things to do, is one of my favorite things to do to read the word and then speak the word. Every so often I get this niggling feeling that it's just for the one. Now, I remember John, when you were sat at the back that time, however many months ago, and I got exactly the same feeling. This message is for the one. Now, that doesn't mean that it's for us all. There's just somebody, I believe, that God has brought here for a specific time, for a specific season of their life to hear this message. And I thought that for John. I, feel, I remember feeling a sense of accomplishment when I got a guy crying at the back. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, must have done something. Um, so I'm not on a mission to make you cry this morning. No, no shame, no shame in crying. Um, yeah, I'm not on a mission to make anyone cry this morning. But I just feel like this, this, this is for a one. And God's so good and so big that that one can be all of us, you know. It, you know. But So I want to talk about our growth, his glory. It's good news. It's good news for you today because God is working in your behind the scenes. God's working behind the scenes. I don't know if we've got anybody here that's good at tapestry or sewing, all that stuff that I did terribly at school on. Um, but often when you make a beautiful picture, you turn it around and it's a mess behind but God's working something beautiful out of your behind the scenes. In the quiet place, in the dark place, he's forming you. He's growing you. He's leading us to be more glorious, from glory to glory, for his glory. God is growing us for his glory. So... Often I find um, when I go to teach on something or preach on something, God gives me the lesson beforehand. So this morning at probably about quarter past five, I was saying to Dan, why does Smith get up so early? I can't handle it. God knows I find it really hard to be a nice person if I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. I can't handle it. Why have we just had this five years of no sleep? I'm tired and God just, God and Dan, little tag team together, just reminded me what I was speaking on this morning. Growth. Less of me, 
more of him, yielding to him, surrendering to him, learning from him, growth, discipleship, trusting that he is at work. Let me read you from Philippians 1, chapter 6. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you, he who started a work in you, and theologically, theologically you can argue he started a work in you before the foundations of the world were even laid. But let's make it relevant. Let's say he knitted you together in the womb. He started a work in you. The day we decide to say yes to Jesus, to realize he is exactly who he says he is, that he's seated on his throne, that he is God, that he is for us. The day that we make that decision and say yes is the day that we join in with the work that he's already doing in our life. But be confident of this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God is working in our behind the scenes. He is working on our behalf. He is working all things together for good for those who love him. Now, this is gospel good news for me. Not always at 5 a.m. in the morning, but it's gospel good news to me because sometimes we can feel stuck. We can feel like we're stuck in a wilderness. We can't quite find our way into freedom. We keep going around the same mountain again and again and again. We've spoken about it before, haven't we? I know I definitely have mentioned it in my messages. The Israelites, it took them 40 years to make a 15-day 15 15 journey because they were going round and round the same mountain. And I can relate to that. Round the same struggle, round the same issue, round the same thought again and again. So maybe this morning you've turned up at church and you've disqualified yourself. You're fed up of yourself. You think, I've done it again. You're relating more to Britney Spears than you are to Jesus Christ. You've done it again. You've thought it again. You've said it again. You've drank it again. You've watched it again. You've eaten it again. You've spent it again. You've done it again. And you can feel exasperated with yourself. In fact, I sometimes feel like a fraud. You know, when you just think, am I actually a fraud? I'm literally going around this mountain again and again and again. Is God still working? Yes. God is still working behind the scenes. He is still bringing, knitting all things together. He's still growing you for his glory. Our growth, his glory. In fact, it says, I love this, in the message version of Ephesians 1.11, it talks about how he has designs on us for glorious living. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Just let that sink in. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. If life doesn't make sense, just, look at Je- just need to look at Jesus. If we don't put Jesus at the center of things, life doesn't make sense sense. It is in Christ that we find out who and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall process, he is working out in everything and everyone. Jesus has designs on us for glorious living. So God doesn't just have a plan for you to get by, to make it through the day. He's not working towards your mediocrity. He didn't start working on you and then think, whoa, too many curveballs. She is high maintenance. He is just not getting it. God didn't think that way. He didn't start a process in you and then think, oh, I'm out. This is too tricky. He continues. He started a good process in you and he will continue it. 
He has designs in motion for glorious living and he is still continuing and completing that work in me and in you. He is working in our behind the scenes, our growth for his glory. Now do remember that God's thoughts aren't our thoughts and what we think is glorious living and our way to get there isn't always his way of getting us there. Glorious living, let's not see it through our Western privilege where we think glorious living means everything goes brilliantly. That's not always the case. God works in those deep, dark places behind the scenes. Sometimes we can have a weak and a west, um, a weak Western comfortable theology that tells us that our growth should be very simple. We become a Christian and then our growth is simple. In fact, we've got a bit of a video. This is often how we think it looks like. Have we got any sound? Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to sing that. But do you get the picture? Have we got some sound, Joe? Matt, could we play some sound? I don't know. I, I don't understand the tech chat at the back. Can you just give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down? If it's a no, we'll carry on. Right, okay. There's no sound, but who's watched that? Who knows the Bibbity Bobbity Boo song? Often all the girls put their hand up. And that the guy over there, was there a guy that put their hand up? There we go. Yeah. Uh, Tom Marin, of course, you love your Disney. But often we think it's this. We get a pumpkin, we wave a magic wand, and it's all sorted. Our growth is like this. We do this, we do this. We come to church, we go to connect group, we read the Bible, and we grow. But often it looks slightly more. Are we going to get any sound in a minute? Or maybe. Okay, well, we'll come back to what it can look like. Um, but growing and changing and maturing and learning, stretching, developing, our growth for his glory isn't always a bibbity-bobbity-boo. Sometimes we need to get, roll up our sleeves, get involved and embrace the work of growth. I don't know if any of you had growing pains growing up, our little boy. Oh, are we there? Can we stop it if it hasn't got any sound? Oh, we have. Can we just stop it and... Okay, should we, <laughs> where are we at? You, you guys do a great job. We love our tech team, don't we? Okay, here we go. Uh-oh, I got a clean deck. So this is often what our growth looks like. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. We think we've nailed it. We say we won't spill it. We're not going to mess it up. But do you think that's what God sees when he looks down on us? He's just there going, oh, 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 okay, okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to have to let you grow. I won't spill it, don't worry. And then we're flat out on the floor. But our process of growth looks slightly more like that than it does the bibbity-bobbity-boo. But growing and changing and maturing is God in God's very plan for us. That's it. It's in the natural, isn't it? Naturally, we grow. We grow physically, but also in the spiritual. We grow spiritually as well. Now, let me just make the point. God loves us just as we are. God absolutely loves you and adores you this morning. We've heard, haven't we? Word after word after word this morning. God loves you as you are. If you never engaged in the growth process in your life, if you stayed exactly as you are right now, 
God would love you just as much. His love isn't conditional. There's nothing you can do to earn it. He loves you just as you are this morning. But unless we engage in the growth process, we miss out on the glorious living that he has for us. We must engage with the growth process, even if it looks like us spilling drinks, like a toddler trying to pour drinks and ends up on their bottom on the floor. We must engage with the growth process. God loves us as we are. He would still love us as we stayed as we are. But there is something about being a disciple about following Jesus, about calling ourselves. Often we just say, I'm a Christian, and we lose the depth and connotation of what that means. We're disciples. We're being disciples. We're followers of the way. We're following Jesus. And this idea of growth wouldn't have been remotely lost. It gets lost in 21st century thinking, but it wouldn't have been remotely lost in first century Palestine when Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's talking to them about growth. They'd know what it was to follow a rabbi, to be a disciple, how you'd have to let things go, how you'd have to pick things up, how you'd have to learn hard lessons, follow the way even when it's hard, how we have to be taught, be shaped, be changed, and grow. Because our growth is for his glory. What we don't want to do is wait to have it all together before we come to him. That's not what I'm saying. We don't need to feel like we've got all our metaphorical ducks in a row before we can come to Jesus. We can come to Jesus exactly as we are. But when we do, it's like we almost enter into a covenant of growth with him where we decide and declare that we are going to grow. So the Bible has a lot to say about growth, and I've just got six really quick points. I think we might even finish early today. Six quick points, six Bible references that I would love to give you with regards to growth. Now, we know we want numerical growth in this church. We know we want this church to grow and expand because every person in this church is a precious person. It's a precious life. So we want numerical growth, but also we really want spiritual growth. We want our church to be known as a healthy body of people. Healthy things grow. We don't want to grow because we're forcing it or because we've got a great marketing campaign or because we've got a bouncy castle or donuts, which are all really good, valid things. We want to grow because we are a healthy body of people. We are healthy. And wherever we go, we've got healthy relationships. We're speaking health. We're growing. The reason we want to grow physically is because we're all growing and we're entering that process with Jesus where we're growing, discipling, following him, and we're growing spiritually as well. So here we go. Now, six things that where the Bible talk about the Bible talks about growth. There's loads of things. The Bible is absolutely packed full of things that talk about growth. And what I can surmise from all of them is this: the title, "Our growth is for His glory." If we want to bring glory to God, then we need to enter into the rolling up your sleeves, getting our hands dirty, doing the hard work of our own growth, knowing that God's for us. He's championing us. He loves us, and he is working behind the scenes. Okay, so our first one is taken from 1 Samuel 2.26. Grow in favor with God. We can grow in favor with God. Now, let me unpack what this means, because what I don't want to sell you is this big prosperity gospel to say, yeah, you can grow in favor with God. Get more stuff. Get more things. You'll be more favored. That's not what I'm saying. God has already given every member of his family all of the favor he could ever give us. And do you know what? We have actually no entitlement. Everything we ever needed was done on the cross. 
Above and beyond that, we're not actually entitled to anything. You know, everything was wrapped up there. That should be enough for us. But God just gives and gives. His whole kind of theology is around giving. God so loved the world that he gave. We can grow in favor with God. God has already given every member of his family all the favor we could ever give. But you can increase your experience of God's favor by believing and receiving it. So he's already given you the favor, but you can grow in your experience of it. This is kind of the mindset shift that Dan was talking about. As we grow, we grow beyond our way of seeing things, just our simple way of seeing things. And we begin to see things God's way. As we grow, we don't just see the small picture like Angela was talking about. We see, we partner with God to see the big picture. And then we begin to see his grace, his unmerited favor in our lives. We can grow in favor with God, believing it and receiving it for the gift that he gives us. Second, we can grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus. That's from 2 Peter 3.18. We we grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus. Do you know what the world says? The world says the older you get, the grumpier you get. You know, you have that that, um, caricature, don't you, of grumpy old men. Hugh, who are you pointing at? (laughs) Okay, because you know when we point one finger, we've got lots more pointing back at us. (laughs) That's biblical. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we do. We have that. We do. There was was a program about it. There's a book, book series written about it. Grumpy old men, grumpy old women, women with a walking stick. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible talks about the older we get, talks about how the white hair on our head is a crown of glory. That's why one of our values here is intergenerational. Hey, where's Lara? Lara really pioneered it, didn't it? To go, to go gray, to go gray. She's had a whole load of people following her to embrace the gray. No more dying to just go with the gray. And that, no more dying the hair um, to go gray naturally. And the Bible talks about that. It talks about it as a crown of glory. Now, there's certain things that I think the world has stolen off us that we need to grab back and say, no, hold on. When we talk about anti-aging cream, anti-aging serum, anti-aging this, we actually need to say, excuse me, aging is th- means this. It means a crown of glory. It means that we're growing in grace. It means that we're growing in our knowledge of Jesus. There's certain things that we need to take back from the world and put a kingdom perspective on it. If you've got gray hair on your head this morning, it is a crown of glory over you. We can grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus. I hope the older I get, the more gracious I get. That the more I know about Jesus... I don't want to suddenly say, oh, well, I've hit this age, I'm out, I kind of know it all, I've heard one sermon, heard them all, read one verse, read them all. Not at all. Part of this growth is that we grow in grace and we grow in knowledge. I've got this thing that I shared with our brilliant leadership team. We had um, a Saturday away a couple of weeks ago in Southwell and with our wider leadership team, it was brilliant. And I talked about this little thing that I've got about how every year I get older, I would, I kind of hope and pray for one more birthday card on my mantelpiece. I also talked about how I find sometimes getting cards a bit of a faff, and then I felt really awful because some people send me really lovely cards. I don't find it a faff getting them. I absolutely love getting cards, and I treasure them. I find them a faff having them on the mantelpiece. Does anyone like that? I like it all to be clean and um, sorted. But anyway, if you've ever sent me a card, I don't just go, oh, thanks, and chuck it in the bin. I save them all. They're all in a little box. But I've got a thing. So when it comes to my birthday, please don't not send me a card because I said this, by the way. Can that go on record? (laughs) Okay. 
Jamie, if you're putting it up as a podcast, can you put that as the main headline? Tweet it. And when it's Joe's birthday, please don't refrain from sending her a card because she seemed incredibly great, ungrateful. Um, I am grateful for them. Anyway, the thing that I've got is that old, the older I get, the more cards I would love to receive. Not because I want to stroke my ego or because I want to clutter my mantelpiece, which I've already told you I don't want to do. It's because I want to know that I am growing. I want to know that there's somebody else's life that I've been involved in. There's somebody else that I've told about Jesus. There's somebody else that I've impacted. So rather than, oh, I'm getting old. I've only got a few cards on the doormat. I'm like, no, I'm getting old. I want the mailman to like, the older I get on my 100th birthday, God willing. Um, uh, just so you know, if I'd like to get to 100. Um, but don't worry if I don't, because uh, I know where I'm going. But 100, I'd love him to be there, like pulling the bag along full of cards. I would love that. Maybe we could have that as our goal as well. Because that is just a visual representation of the fact that we're growing in grace and we're growing in knowledge. Okay, number three, we can grow into maturity and beyond elementary teaching. So we talk about, uh, that's from um, Hebrews 6.11. And then Paul talks about, doesn't he, talks about not always wanting to have baby milk. Come on, guys, we don't always want to have elementary teaching where we have to give you baby milk. Let's get into some good, solid food. Now, I'm going to take the pressure off myself and Dan and anyone else who preaches here. You are not going to get that from 25 minutes on a Sunday. That isn't, that's not my job, okay? My job isn't to sustain you for your whole week. I hope that I can bring the word of God. I hope that I can make this beloved book of mine come alive. I hope that we can take some principles and make them ap um, applicable to our life. But we're going to take the pressure off. This doesn't come from 25 minutes. If we want to grow beyond elementary teaching, then let's get into the word. If you find it hard to read, listen to a podcast. If you find it hard to read large chunks, just read a section. Just read a scripture. Get involved in a Bible study. Hugh runs a Bible study for the guys. Joe Ryland runs one for the women. I run one for the young adults. There's loads of opportunity within our courses. We're doing some Bible study. Rachel and Jamie Mahoney are doing some great Bible study. Richard at the back is doing some deeper theology stuff. Let's get beyond elementary teachings where, where we're like, God's good, the devil's bad. Yeah, that's true. That's true and that's great. But let's move beyond that because that's growth. Let's take responsibility for our growth. Also, I cannot miss the opportunity to give a little plug for their Alive Academy. Alive Academy, it's our main way of growing, discipling and sending out leaders across all Alive locations. If you'd like to get involved in the Academy, have a think about it. If you're thinking, yeah, I want to grow. I want to grow beyond elementary teachings. I want to grow into the gifting that God's given me. Have a chat with me about getting involved in the academy. I'd absolutely love to have you on board starting again in September. Okay, so we grow into maturity beyond elementary teachings. Fourthly, we grow in what we produce. Jeremiah 12, 2. Now, the link between age and barrenness is not remotely biblical. It's actually not even remotely biblical when it talks about barrenness in terms of having babies. Just so just be careful <laughs> because lots of people who were 70, 80, 90 um, miraculously had babies. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that brings any glory to God for that to happen in this context now. But that's, I digress. So, but to grow in what we produce, the link between age and barrenness is not biblical. Actually, every link biblically between age is with fruitfulness. The older we get, the more fruitful we are, the more we produce. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying you need to do more, like Dan said. Last week, he said exactly that. We don't need to do more. We're not saying sign up to more things, do more things, fill your diary. We're not saying that. We're just saying it's this beautiful fruitlessness, fruitfulness that comes with age. Just by being around you, you, just, you bear fruit wherever you go. 
You bear fruit when you go and pick up the pension. You bear fruit when you're sat with your grandchildren or whatever demographic of age you find yourself in. As every year goes by, we should be producing more. That means fruit and fruit comes from abiding in the vine. That's where the fruit comes. The fruit doesn't come from doing more. The fruit comes from spending more time with Jesus. Without him, we produce nothing. So the older we get, the more we produce because we should be spending more time with Jesus. Fifthly, we grow in faith. Luke 17, 5. I love this. The most outlandish, faith-filled people amongst us should be the oldest ones. The ones going, go for it. Do it. A building? No problem. God's got it. Let's go for it. We grow in faith. Often Dan's the most outlandish one up here, aren't you? Going, we can do it. We've seen this. Surely we can do it. We've spied the land. We've seen it. It's fruitful. It bears good grapes. We can do it. Well, guys, older guys, there's a responsibility on you as we're growing, growing in the natural and in the supernatural. As we're growing, we get more filled with faith, going, I can see it. I love that we've got Gwen in our church who says, I can see it. I can see a day when all the women have outgrown their women's conference and guys and their guys' conference so much that we're at the football ground. That we're, at the sh- that we're at the football stadium because we cannot fit in any other building in Lincoln. Gwen's always said that. I love it. And every year that goes on for Gwen, I don't want her to start going, oh, I'm getting a bit older. I need to be a bit more realistic. I'm like, no, every year, get more faith. This, this matters. This applies whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, up to your 80s and 90s. The older we get, the more faith we should get. If our faith is on pause, if we need to fan that faith into flame, let's do it this morning because our growth is for his glory. When we stay stagnant, when we stay still, when we take steps backwards, it doesn't glorify God. The body of Christ is designed to glorify him. When we sing that we want to go from glory to glory, it's not so we look better. It's not so we've got our life more together. It's not so we get more likes or more followers or more friends. It's so we can bring glory to him. Our growth, his glory. And last point, we grow in our salvation. 1 Peter 2, 2 to 3. I love the thought of this. To me, it just looks like David in that armor that doesn't quite fit him. When we first become saved, when we first know who Jesus is, it's so big, it's so massive, it's so life-changing, it's like wearing these clothes that don't really fit us. I told the story about how Dan's got this money-saving strategy that whenever we buy Hudson School uniform, we get it about three sizes bigger. So he's like the kid walking to school like with his arms like falling down, tripping over his trousers. It's almost a bit like that, but we grow into our salvation. That means that we don't just get used to it, We don't take it for granted that we grow and grow until it fits us like a beautifully fitted garment on the day that we meet Jesus. So our garment fits us beautifully and we are prepared and looking right for him. Our growth, his glory. Our growth brings glory to God. So I'd love us to think this morning, one one point I really want to just revert back to. I want to revert back to that we do not have to get our life all in order. We do not have to go, our chapter one won't look like somebody else's chapter 20. If we start right at the start of our journey, we don't have to edit it and get everything looking great before we can come to Jesus. There might be so much mess in our lives. Don't feel like we have to get that all sorted before we can go and meet Jesus. 
before we can go and say yes to him. We can say yes to Jesus exactly as we are right now. And often at the end of every service, we do a salvation prayer. I'm going to do that now. I'm going to ask, because I've had this sense, this is for the one, this is for the one, this is for the one. Maybe not. But I've had this sense that God wants to move powerfully in somebody's life. He wants to start them on that trajectory of growth. Maybe you feel like you've been stagnant for a while and you want to, you just, you need something new. You need to break out. You need, you need growth. So I'd love us to bow our heads. We do this every single week. We do it not to make people feel to feel uncomfortable. We do it because we want to give you an opportunity to meet with the amazing Savior God that we've been talking about this morning. To meet with the God that Matthew and David know so intimately that they can get out of bed this morning and come and be with their family. The God who will hold up their hands. The God who lifts our head. The God who adores us. The God who forgives us. The God who has a plan and a purpose for our lives. If you want to meet with that God this morning, maybe you want to meet with him for the first time, you just want to say yes to him, all I ask you to do while everybody's eyes are closed and their heads are bowed is just to raise your head, raise your hand up, down, I will see it, and then I'm just going to come and give a book to you afterwards. So I'm going to ask the question, is there anyone this morning who wants to engage in that process, who wants to meet with Jesus and say yes to him this morning. I'm going to pause and allow a minute for a hand or two to go up. Thank you, God. And I want to pray also for those of us that want to, to, want to step into this growth our growth for his glory, that think, okay, I need to be growing in grace. I need to be growing in knowledge. I need to know that God's working in my behind the scenes because my growth is for his glory. So if you would like to enter into that process of being grown and stretched and discipled to follow in the feet of the rabbi, to follow in the steps of Jesus, to be truly grown, even when it doesn't look that comfortable or feel that comfortable. I'd love you just to be brave enough to stand. And this, if, if nobody stands, it's fine. Okay, but you can. Um, I'd love to invite you to stand because I'd, love to, I'd want us to be able to declare and stand almost uncomfortably before everyone else, comfortably always before God and say, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm in for my growth journey. I know I need to grow. I know there's things, there's edges, there's rough edges in my heart that need to just be chiseled off. I know I need to grow in grace. I know I need to grow in my knowledge of you. Our growth is for his glory. Jesus, I thank you for these people. I thank you for everybody here. And today I thank you, especially for those who stood this morning. And I want to declare over them and over us as a church, our growth is for your glory. I want to pray and declare that we will be a church of people who are healthy, who are growing, who are joining in with that growth process that you declare and speak over us, that growth process that you weave into our very cells and DNA. We all stand together today to say we're in. We're in for it. We want to grow. We want to change. We want to be discipled. Jesus, I pray that you would breathe your life over us today. I pray that you'd speak to us about how we can enter into this growth process And we declare, grow, grow, grow for his glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Joe. What a great message there. Well, hang out.